You're listening to episode 78 of Daughters on Fire with Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this week's episode, as we're coming out of Halloween, we wanted to talk about some of the things that can be a little scary when it comes to dementia. There are moments that might catch you off guard, like when your loved one doesn't recognize you and is scared and maybe even becomes a little bit violent. What do you do when their behaviors become unpredictable and scary? Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent? If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors. You're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver. Hello and welcome back. We are just rounding out October and Halloween and I hope you had a wonderful October, Robin. I did. This is my favorite time of year. I love fall. I like winter, but fall is the best and the prettiest. Mm, yes, I do like fall. It is pretty, but I don't like what's after it. So if it wasn't for, you know, the lights of Christmas and stuff, I, I, I'm a much more summertime gal. I think you know that about me. <laughs> and I think, you know, I like the freezing cold. <laughs> Hence, you are in a jacket and I am in sleeveless. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If you can only see us people, we, we compliment each other well. But I digress. We just had Halloween and it got us thinking about scary things, scary, dangerous things. And we thought it might be an appropriate time to talk about, on a more serious note, some of the scarier aspects of living and loving someone with dementia. Uh, especially living with someone with dementia. So Robin, kick us off about things that happen, things to be mindful of that can be quite scary and unnerving if you're a caregiver dealing with a loved one with dementia. Well, you know, I think a lot of times I hear, the thing I hear the most as people are describing their loved one is they still remember me. They remember my name. And then it may decline and they're comfortable with you, but they can't really remember who you are. But in a lot of cases with dementia, they know the feeling that they had for you. They may not remember your name, but often they mistake you for someone else. So it could be from their past. Maybe it's their parent and they think they're the child or your own children then become, um, they look, your children look like you. So they think right. that they're married to their children. Yeah. Right. So it, it gets mixed up and confusing and, and often, you know, we, we may chuckle at it, but it can be very serious because they truly believe these things or they don't recognize somebody maybe that hasn't been around lately and they are fearful that it could be an intruder mm-hmm. or somebody they're not comfortable with. I know I had um, a friend of mine, his parents, the mother was very comfortable with the father, but she would often say, I don't know who this man is that's in the house. He comes here every day, Mm -hmm. but it was her husband. She knew it was, she was safe, but she didn't know him. Mm -hmm. So there's other instances where um, there is the anger. They're scared. They don't know. And it could be just the, um, 
delusions. It could be hallucinations. It could be many, many things that turn them violent. And mm-hmm. not everybody is the sweet, kind, little dementia patient. They often have anger issues as well. So mm-hmm. those are things that are a little scary and we're not really sure how to, to walk that path. So really let's talk about some of the things that could happen and how to make it a little bit better within your home and within in your relationships. Definitely. And some of the dementias outside of like Alzheimer's disease that might be more prone to these switches that go very quickly from, Hey, I'm talking to them. They seem very fluid. They seem with us. And then the next moment they seem paranoid and delusional about a situation like Lewy body dementia Mm -hmm. can be more prone or they could be having hallucinations with other dementias out there. So those can be very scary. And the dementias where somebody doesn't know who you are and you're their, their spouse And you may be getting in bed with them and they get very scared, like they're going to fight you, or you may be the one that's their primary caregiver that helps them bathe and get dressed and even go to the bathroom. And then all of a sudden they don't know you. And again, they can get very violent, um, aggressive because all they're doing is, is trying to protect themselves against, uh, from a stranger. So like Robin was saying, when they get aggressive and violent, It can become very scary and you can be caught off guard very quickly with these behaviors. You know, I think it's interesting, Melissa, that we all go through the checklist of uh, put the pills up or make sure the carpets, you know, that's the The rugs. Yeah, get get the the rugs out of the way. mm -hmm. Do this. But people don't think about the weapons and it couldn't Mm. it could be a display case of rifles or something that's been passed down, or it could be a gun that's been kept in the home for um, safety's sake. And people, I hear it over and over. Oh, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't go after that. Well, you don't know that if he's in this state or she is in this state, they could grab that gun and that's it. So now you need to add to that safety list, get all weapons out of the house. And that's, that's, machetes you know swords a lot of uh swords that people display on the walls you Mm -hmm. know that that are decoration um the gun cabinet and and i've heard people say well the the ammunition they're not together well what if they have that moment of lucidity and they know where to get it you know just because it's locked all of that that needs to be gone Mm -hmm. and you know, I think it, it also needs to be gone if they're in the beginning stages, especially men, beginning stages of yes. the, the decline, and they may have their cognition, and it's not that they're confused, it's that they're depressed, and they may become more suicidal, and people don't think that somebody who has been top of their game and functioning and healthy and happy all their lives would be prone to that, but suicide rates among the elderly are quite high um, per demographic. It's one of the highest suicide rates per demographic. So being mindful of that, if they recently got a diagnosis or they're recently noticing that they're slipping, they may become depressed and suicidal. So definitely being mindful, step one of trying to get rid of the 
weapons that are in the house. Now, if somebody is a, is paranoid, you've gotten rid of the displays and the guns and you still have knives in the kitchen. I guess that's another thing is just be mindful. If they start to get a little bit paranoid and violent, one, try to keep them away from areas, give them their space, let it calm down a little bit and back off because it may fade with a little bit of time. Um, and have your phone with you because you might need to call 911 if it's something you cannot calm them down from or they're not calming down from. You might not be the one, especially if you're a spouse. Now, again, we have a lot of listeners that are daughters and caregivers and the um, children, but still you may not be strong enough to manage this by yourself. So you may have to call the the police and have them come in and help out. And typically what would happen is they would try to calm them down and then they would call EMS and they would take them to the hospital. I have not known anybody who was confused with like delirium to actually be arrested. They are taken Typically, because it's a medical situation, they are taken to the hospital and potentially then sedated and um, taken to a psychiatric facility. Right. And the psychiatric facilities do have special areas for dementia patients as well. And they, they're, that's their expertise. So I think that when we say psychiatric hospitals, everybody freaks out a little bit and gets a little nervous, but it's not, it's just like the nursing home. It's not what you're picturing in your head and they are there to help them. And, and a lot of times it can be taken care of with medication or behavior modification, maybe in early stages, but. Um, and, and it is so much more common. The hospital, the psych hospitalization yes. is so much more common. I um, did an internship at a psychiatric hospital. I worked at a a skilled nursing setting, and I've worked with lots of families. And one of the things I would like to destigmatize is the psychiatric hospitalizations. I think that is scary for a lot of families that had never ever dealt with that um, in their lives. They think it's they think institutions, like, right, the old they, institutions. They how is this happening to us? Right. Um, mental illness does not run in the family. Although mental illness does run in lots of families. If you happen to be somebody who's never had to deal with that type of situation, it may be very unnerving. It is very normal. It is very normal with the dementia process. And it typically makes all the difference in the world. It's very helpful. The people are not, they're there to be compassionate and helpful and do the best they can to get your loved one back to a healthy well, healthy, that's a weird way to put it. Maybe a stable, the most stable baseline mm-hmm. they can get to. And then maybe even after hospitalization, if you're connected with a geriatric psychiatrist to manage, uh, if you weren't before, that's always huge too. Hugely beneficial. Well, and back to, you know, we talk about when, when you're talking with a patient with dementia or a family member with dementia not to argue and it's really true here go with the flow don't argue with them no I'm not I I am your wife I am you know just go with the flow I know it's hurtful that your loved one may not recognize you but 
anything in that time to keep them calm, keep them even keel is what you want to do. I worked with a family that the gentleman picked up and, you know, we're talking guns and things, but they had a, not ceramic. It was almost like a concrete type of flower pot. And he picked Mm -hmm. it up, had it up over his head and was Mm -hmm. ready to throw it. Mm -hmm. Now she started screaming. And so the neighbors heard her. She lived in a condominium complex. So, you know, this isn't the time to hide the family secrets in the closet. And that's how one of the neighbors called 911. And she tried to lock herself in a room and he was trying to break the door down. So it's all these things that you have to go with the flow, but also protect yourself and not think about oh, I don't want to call. I don't want that. I don't want anybody to know what's going on. Um, Things like that, because we did. And I ended up meeting her and we went to the hospital together and he was um, very riled up. It was a, it was a huge deal. He did end up at the psych hospital and actually um, he stayed there through end of life, but. At the psych hospital. Yes. Was that because he was. And I don't, people do not quote me on this. I do not know that this is a thing, but almost like end of life psychosis. Was he having uh, like a break that led to? I think so. I mean, it, it was to the point that we had to go and feed him. We took turns feeding him and and going through the medications weren't working and and different Mm -hmm. things like that. But um, real quick, what Robin is describing is the brain is breaking down. The brain is breaking down his reaction when whatever was going on to him with him and with people that are in the state of, again, psychosis is that the brain is, it's almost like having a major healthcare crisis. You wouldn't, if someone was having a heart attack or a stroke, you, you wouldn't just be like, Oh, okay, we're going to calm them down and it's all going to be okay. Right. You'd be calling nine one one. And that's what these situations are. They're, right. they're violent outbursts that are a medical crisis situation. So it's, um, it's very serious. And it's, and as you said, it, it's just, you wouldn't leave somebody with a heart attack. So get them there and get the help that they need. Um, you know, and, and there are situations that aren't dangerous. They're, they're unusual when they don't know who you are or it's probably more frustrating and hurtful than it is dangerous, but just know that those things happen. And that's just part of um, the process. Not, not every type. And, and as we said earlier, much more so with a Lewy bodies diagnosis, but it does happen. It is, we, we had the segments, is it normal? Yes, it is normal for these things to happen. Is it normal for it to escalate like this? Not necessarily, mm-hmm. but it is good for you to know that it's a possibility and how to protect yourself at home by, by cleaning out anything weapon-wise or um, taking anything dangerous out of the home. You know, it could even be the pills. If they get into the pills and they're mixing up the pills, that's just as dangerous as them shooting themselves so it's all those things that you need to think about as you're going through and um dementia proofing your house instead of baby proofing your house but making sure that you have all the i's dotted and the t's crossed 
You know, here is one thing that I think needs to be in that toolbox as a way to make sure your house and your home is dementia proof. And this is to be self-reflective if you are the cause of certain triggers. And just like Robin alluded to, you get frustrated in these situations. It is very, very important that you are also taking a step back and being mindful of the components to the situation that might be making the situation worse. A rug might cause someone to trip. Are you creating a, a, a tense dynamic that might push them to becoming more reactive? Are you getting upset that they don't recognize you? Therefore, they're going to become more hostile towards you. Now, remember, this is not when they're in these situations, this is not your spouse that maybe you had every right to be frustrated with when they were insensitive to how they were treating you. This is not your spouse. This is somebody with a disease and you are not helping the disease by getting emotionally reactive to it. Now, does that mean what you're feeling is not valid and you do not deserve to feel what you're feeling? Absolutely not. But you maybe need to feel it with somebody else that can therapeutically help you through that. You do not. You need to check yourself in that moment to ask yourself, are you making, are you triggering them? Are you making it worse? Uh, I've worked with some folks that they say, I'm, I'm afraid to take the weapons away. Because then it's going to cause a situation or he would never do that. The thing that you've got to remember is they do have a disease just back to the heart, heart thing or, or anything else that in these situations, you are the one responsible for making it safe and don't be fooled by thinking that's not going to happen because again, it's a disease and it could happen at any moment. So even though, you know, as, as you were talking about, Melissa, <clears throat> and I do think that happens a lot, it can be a trigger from the person, the caregiver, but then also know that you've protected yourself and your loved one by doing everything you can do by cleaning out. Yeah, they're going to get mad, but what are they going to do? They're not going to shoot you. And they're not going to remember that's the right. beauty of this horrible disease Yes, is that it is forgiving because it's forgetful. Right. So folks, don't let scary things happen in your home. <laughs> and when they do, be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> be prepared and, and know that it's normal. Know that these normal. scary things are normal and you can get through it. You will get through it. So until next time. Bye. Be gone. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the fire tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.